You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Paul Pierce is the mother truth. Knocks it down! Celtics win! 50 points for Jason Tatum! Brad, any final words of advice for the new coach? Win! It is possible! It is possible! Welcome to Celtic Strong, a podcast that journeys backwards through Boston Celtics history and lore. Join two proud fans who are definitely not experts as we look back era by era. This is episode four of the podcast, and we are about to dig on in to the very exciting 2017-2018 Boston Celtics from utter, utter shock to seven games against LeBron. Wow, Steve. Can you wow. even believe it? It's time wow. to do it. I am so ready for this. I've been really looking forward to this season because it was so exciting. Oh, man. Woo! From the uh, offseason for the ages all the way up and through the till the very last game of the Eastern Conference Finals. These Boston Celtics had you on the edge of your seat. Yes, indeed. Talk about Boston Celtics. Man, this is a team for the ages. And it is a year where the Celtics team really, really showed up and was Celtics strong because no matter what happened this year, this team just kept going. Man, so let's get right into it, Steve. Without further ado, as you said, the off season for the ages. Um, yes, yeah, we are not experts, Steve. <laughs> We're definitely not experts, Eli. We are not experts here, but I believe this was the biggest off season ever. Now, I'm not trying to rate these deals, Steve. I'm just saying I believe the Celtics turned over. All but four players on their roster, I'm pretty sure. 
And major overhaul. Crazy. Major overhaul. And uh, this was finally the year that, you know, Danny seemed to have cashed in on the draft picks he did while making some pretty shrewd moves for more draft picks <laughs> at the same time. Um, I think we should start with the draft, which I think was just, we're talking about Celtic Strong on this podcast and Danny Ainge in general. I think yeah. it was a major Celtic Strong Danny Ainge moment here with this 2017 draft when he traded the number one overall pick for the number three overall pick to Philadelphia. Yeah. What did wow. you, what, what did you think when you first heard that or were watching that in real time? I remember that the thinking was at the time, and now, of course, we know, the guy that we want is going to be there at three. Yeah. And so we're going to get the exact right guy and more draft picks. And I just remember being like, okay, sounds good to me. And I wasn't super hot on the top two picks, which, of course, that year ended up being Markel Fultz and Lonzo Ball, both point guards. Um, I wasn't super high on either of them uh, yeah. or them as what we needed. So, yeah, I was, uh, I was definitely down and excited. <laughs> so they go ahead and they select with the third pick, uh, Jason Tatum. Yes, and begin the 2Js era. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, change the actual direction of the franchise how much they knew it at the time who knows but yeah uh, what's well, remarkable about, about these sort of draft comparisons it's like you kind of need a few years for most of them to shake out to say oh yeah that pick was better than that pick but into the season you know because of the way especially the early season unfolded and how much was asked of jason tatum and how much he stepped up it was pretty clear just in this next year who that who the best player of that draft was. You don't have to wait very long to figure that out. No, and I don't believe anyone uh, anyone in the Celtics organization or fandom would ever do that draft again. That is for sure. We got our guy. And so, yeah, so the draft, um, we get our guy, we get another pick. And then in July, straight from... Gordon Hayward himself, he announces that, uh, that he's going to join the Celtics in free agency. Oh, yeah. Big signing. Big win. He had the relationship with Brad Stevens. I remember at the time right. reading that Brad picked him up at the airport and uh, had never driven around Boston necessarily at that point. And it was like <laughs> this epic poem for him to, you know, if anyone's... I'm sure I assume people have driven around Boston or listening to this podcast. It's not the easiest thing to do sometimes. Not the and, easiest uh, to navigate all the different parts of Boston always. Uh, but yeah, I loved that story. And um, so, yeah, so you went from this uh, really exciting top three player with the, the shrewd move of getting an extra pick to the kind of marquee signing of the offseason uh, almost a month later. You're pretty right. excited. You're thinking, wow, like, could it get any better than this? Yeah. Yeah. And this is, you know, this is why they got Brad Stevens, right? Former college coach of Gordon Hayward. Um, yeah. Wow. We are riding high at this point, you know, and the summer is just begun. 
Yeah. And you're just out. like, you're like, we're doing really great. Man, can't get any better than this. And then what happened? And then the Kyrie Irving, Isaiah Thomas trade happens. Woo! August. And the, wow. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah, just a month later, the offseason got even crazier. And this was a fairly, I don't want to say polarizing move, but, you know, Isaiah Thomas had really endeared himself to a lot of Boston Celtics fans. And there were people that weren't happy to see him go along with the other players. And they're looking at this return and they're thinking, what? Yeah. And uh, that was when you, um, you a little bit of, of, Danny Ainge's, I've got to do my job and make the smart, you know, the best GM move I can right now. And it's not about people's feelings. It's about building the best roster. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, that really shined through there where it was just like, okay, here we go. And just like you said, immediately, um, those three things, all of a sudden, this roster was completely, nearly completely turned over. Yep. Almost completely turned over. And, you know, the Kyrie Irving trade in that moment, it's a trade you have to make. It's a, it's a no-brainer. And it's also, uh, if you can't beat them, join them, or have right. them join you, actually. Um, because, you know, we had fallen short against the Cavs. Uh, they were, you know, the foe, the nemesis at the time. And literally, you know, Isaiah had, had lost to Kyrie. <laughs> so it's kind of crazy right. they get traded. Um, Crowder, of course, the popular um, Jake Crowder, goes in that trade too. And here we go. Strap them on. It's a whole new season. Lace them up. We've got a whole new roster. So Yeah, those were the big moves, Eli. Talk to me about some of the smaller moves that they made with the roster going, in, going into the season that you thought were particularly cool or you were excited about? Yeah, well, they had to get kind of creative with all these, you know, big moves, bringing on a max contract in Hayward and a max guy uh, in Irving. So they actually ended up uh, doing something that was pretty smart at the time for fit, which is uh, they traded Avery Bradley, um, a longtime favorite, Great Celtic strong player, but someone who fan, no fan favorite, yeah. fan favorite, uh, a very just great hard nosed, you know, really undersized combo guard who uh, stayed a productive player for many years and really um, always, always Celtic strong, tough uh, yeah. player. However, um, in these moves and in moving away from an undersized backcourt that had not been able to get him over the hump. They moved away from Avery and traded him to Detroit for Marcus Morris. And Mm. what they did was they freed up a little more financial flexibility, and they also got a player who is a similar high, you know, defensive efficiency, high IQ, really good team player, um, but a better fit position-wise. Yeah, if you think about the team... Uh, yeah. At the time, that was a that was a good trade for, for yeah. what they needed, right? Yeah, they're trying to really put the pieces together around this core. So they 
they pick up these three players, and like we said, they kept four players from the previous year. So they keep Marcus Smart, Terry Rozier, Horford, and Jalen Brown. That's Good it. core. Good That's core. It. Great yeah. core. And so they put a lot of new guys around them and a bunch of rookies. In addition to Tatum, they get Daniel Tice from Germany and a number of other guys, uh, none of whom really end up uh, contributing a lot this season or long term. But um, definitely some, some fun young players and names to fill out this roster. And here we go. It's time for uh, what looks like an incredibly, incredibly promising season. Oh, yeah, an amazing, amazing regular season. And it was awesome because it started off and Gordon Hayward just played lights out. Every game of the season was MVP all the way to through to the playoffs, right? Oh, oh wait, no, no, wait. actually. No. He got injured no. in the first six minutes. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was watching that game, Steve, and I was very excited. And he's coming on the, he's coming up on the right, right wing. And uh, Kyrie throws an alley-oop. Hayward goes up and gets bumped by none other than Jay Crowder. Uh, nothing malicious, of course. Yeah. And just nothing unusual except for when he landed. Yeah, that's got to go down as one of the weirdest, toughest breaks of any, any Boston sports. Pun intended. Like, yeah, exactly. It's just like any – it was so so – deflating and and so intense but something that also is kind of an interesting is a part of what makes the 2017-2018 season so interesting because it really that injury in a way galvanized this whole team and mm. created um, an opportunity for Jason Tatum that they probably weren't expecting was going to happen so quickly for him right and he really stepped up and you know was just ready for that opportunity and was like, I'm going to make the most of this. And the whole team rallied around this. They really did. They really did. And it led to that early season winning streak, 16 Mm. straight. Um, It led to a lot of opportunities for the two J's. I thought this season, the first part of this season was one of the more exciting seasons in recent memory, memory, like, I just remember being so locked in to this team this year and just being like, God, how are they going to overcome this? And it's like, oh, they're just going to go on a run and play incredible every night. It was phenomenal. Phenomenal. And this is when we really got to see the Kyrie we had hoped we had signed, right, and traded for. Yeah. and a very, very cohesive-looking team very quickly. Uh, you know, it's a, a counterpoint to other years where it's taken longer for the team to mesh um, or, you know, we never saw quite the complete cohesion. Whereas this year, after this disastrous opening moments, they come together and just, yeah, absolutely go on a run. Uh, the first few months of the season, and yeah, you're wondering, you know, 
just what they could have been with Hayward, uh, but also you're just wondering if, wow, did they even need him? This team is so good, which is just yeah, crazy to think. So many players stepped up. Uh, I thought Jalen Brown really stepped up. I know at a certain point he lost his best friend, tragically, from childhood, passed away, and that very next night he had the best night of the season. He just uh, really locked in and used every opportunity that was given to him in this season, you know, which was his second in the league. Definitely. Yeah. And he had, you know, shown some flashes in his rookie season. Um, but I think was more of an overall talent and athletic, um, you know, considered more of kind of like an athletic wing three and D guy than Tatum in this draft. So uh, his, you know, development and maturation this year, super important to, you know, starting to show his potential and starting to just see uh, what a complimentary piece he could be on such a talented team. So, yeah, very exciting season. Um, so you mentioned the, the winning streak that they had. There were also just a lot of um, exciting finishes to games, a lot of, you know, three-point shots at the buzzer to win from a number of guys. Jalen Brown had one. Terry Rozier had one. You know, it was just uh, everyone seemed to um, – Al Horford had a strong season. Everyone just really seemed to step up in the absence of what was supposed to be their marquee free agent signing going down at the beginning of the year. They really did. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a great, great example that we see sometimes in sports where uh, someone gets hurt or you know a tragedy befalls uh someone on the team or uh, involved in the team and everyone just really steps up and rallies and you saw that you know so early on with the Hayward injury and just that horrific moment that had to be in you know as far as we could tell had to be physically traumatic Oof. Brutal. To those players, both on the court and on the bench, and just yeah. everyone there, such a gruesome uh, early injury. And then late in the season, Steve, we saw this happen again because after about 60 games, Kyrie Irving uh, had missed a few games previously. And uh, in March, I believe, of this season, uh, misses a game with knee problems, and it ends up being the end of his season. Yeah, another crazy uh, footnote or storyline to this season that Kyrie goes down and they still go on this massive postseason run. Um, this team had a lot of heart. This team had something intangible that you can't quite even quantify. They just really gelled and they had this energy um, and and uh, synergy working together that it was more, they were more than just one person, obviously. They definitely were. And as, you know, Hayward and then Kyrie get hurt, the biggest, you know, marquee names on the team and that they had just acquired both get hurt, right? right. And yet they don't, as you were saying, they don't miss a beat. They don't miss a step. 
They finish strong and they go into the playoffs playing as a team and firing on all cylinders. And I think part of that is, as we said, you have a newer group, right? So you just have a lot of young guys and a lot of guys new to the team that are really hungry. You have a lot of guys that don't have a big ego or a lot of expectations on their shoulders. So you have just a young, fun, free core to this team. And that starts to really, really shine in the playoffs. Yeah, and, and they stepped up in a vacuum. I mean, you, you think about, well, let's just talk about Scary Terry, because I think if there was, you know, there were a lot of people that stepped up. We're talking about this part of the season and Kyrie mm-hmm. going down. Sure. And be like, oh, no, what's going to happen? And then Terry Rozier steps up and becomes the most popular sports figure in Boston. There was a moment when Scary Terry mania was sweeping Boston, and he looked like not only an ample fill-in for Kyrie Irving, he looked like a fill-in for Kyrie Irving. Of course, no one is Kyrie Irving, and no one quite has those handles or natural skill that Kyrie does in certain ways, but man, was he doing uh, an incredible job of not only filling in, but living up to that kind of production and expectation. And he, I mean, we won't even get into the moments. I mean, he had so many big moments and big shots and really just showed that this team and these young players were not afraid of anything. They were not afraid of the Mm. moment. Uh, It did not matter that they were in Boston wearing Kelly Green in the playoffs, and all that that means, this team really was Celtic strong to the core. Yeah, and it was scary Terry mania. He lit it up. He was awesome. I mean, you talk about Celtic strong moments, just getting the call, going out there. Yeah, and just helping everyone and making everyone better, you know, and also performing, taking your game to another level and performing in the postseason. and. Yeah. Um he made, you know, they they made a a really exciting uh postseason run. Yeah, and as, you know, Terry filled in for Kyrie um and put up some great points and assists, someone else had to step up and become the top scoring option for those playoffs. And of course, it was super rookie, Mr. Forever nineteen. Jason Tatum, who started his playoff career in his rookie year with seven straight 20-point games, as I said in a previous episode. It's a great stat, an amazing stat, and uh, those, you know, string of games had breaking, had those string of games broke Larry Bird's record, uh, which I just think is so great to have Tatum break Bird's scoring record. So, they really so cool. leaned on so cool. Tatum's scoring and Rozier's ability to seamlessly uh, step into the starting point guard role. Jalen Brown was great, and they were ready for the playoffs. No Kyrie, no Hayward, no matter. They came yeah. in rolling. Yeah, and we talked, have talked a lot on this podcast about the development of the two Js, and I think we've reached now a moment where you can really clearly define 
that this was a special period of time for them at such a young age to go on such a deep run in the playoffs. Yeah, to have the opportunity to step into, somewhat be thrust into, uh, such big roles on such a talented team. It's so rare that we see that and that we see it successful. And we're talking about you know, a first and second year player um, at the start of the playoffs, right? I believe Tatum's 19. Jalen mm. Brown is 20 or 21. It's unbelievable. And yeah, to have this experience so young is incredible. And to have this type of a team around them, both skill and the veteran presence of guys like uh, Horford and Marcus Smart, uh, but additionally just the talent of this team, both offensively and defensively as a team. And they really played as an amazing team through these playoffs which were an incredible, incredible run. Uh, you've got these young guys stepping up, and they're winning, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that, um, the Marcus Morris trade paid dividends all year and then also in the, in the postseason as well. Huge dividends to have a player of that caliber and size. It was so key to have a wing like that because – Everything you were thinking about in the playoffs was how to stop LeBron, how to stop uh, what had become that dominant big wing position. Um, yeah. And he was, you know, he was that guy, uh, especially when Marcus Smart's already chasing around the team's best guards. Yeah, you needed that guy in the wing position to give you that great defense. Yeah, so... It's an exciting start to the postseason. They come roaring in, uh, have a really good back-and-forth first series, and then uh, they play Philadelphia in the second round. And uh, I just had to bring up one of my favorite moments okay. from that postseason, Steve, which is, I believe it's, it's game three when uh, they're in Philadelphia, and at the very end of regulation, uh, the Celtics, I believe, are up two. And Marco Bellinelli, the Italian sharpshooter who was on Philly that year, hits a shot, and the Philly arena goes wild, and they think he's hit a three-pointer to win, and they drop the confetti. <laughs> <laughs> but it's only a two. <laughs> oh. And it only ties the game. And, of course... This Celtics team was the type of team that if you did something like that, uh, and they had been, oh. I believe, up 2 nothing in the series going in. And so they're in Philly for game three, and Philly prematurely drops the confetti. And, of course, oh. they came back, and they punished them and beat them in overtime. And they had to, oh. I remember they had to sweep up the confetti to get ready for <laughs> overtime. It was just, oh, man, what Whoops. a scene. Whoops. <laughs> um, and so they, uh, they romp through Philadelphia, make really quick work of the Sixers in the end. And, uh, man, it looks like this is the year we're going to take down LeBron again. Yeah, right. And, 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 you know, it's dealing with all the adversity. No Hayward, no Kyrie. 
um, I remember really feeling good with the, just everything, the way this team was playing without these guys. It just felt like they could do this. Yeah. And of course, that series goes to seven games. We won't break it down game by game. Sure. It's, uh, it's a series that, man, has won for the ages. I've heard it been described as one of the most, if not the most, uh, disappointing seven game and game seven losses both. Uh, such, a, such a heartbreaking loss. And um, yeah, you really have to wonder what would have happened. If they could have held on in game seven and gone on to the finals this year uh, and how they would have fared. Yeah, it's, you know, the, it's an interesting season because there were so many heartbreaking things that happened. So yeah. many tough breaks, and then it ended on such a heartbreaking moment. But when you think back on the season, yeah, it's a it's a real success. Um, I, I I think back on it quite fondly, sure. And, and I and I don't necessarily get a little kind of what if what if everyone was healthy? What if everyone got healthy for the playoffs? Would probably be the best scenario. But like, right? Um, yeah, it really, uh, it was such an exciting ride. That season, it's hard to think of it as a disappointment. Truly. And though there were really high hopes going into this season, as soon as the Hayward injury happened, and then later losing Kyrie that, you know, that late in the season. Tempered expectations. It tempered expectations, and it created almost a Cinderella story out of a team that had, you know, preseason expectations. Right, so they weren't it, supposed to be the Cinderella story, and they became the Cinderella story. It was really cool. It never happens, and it ultimately became that really like first layer of groundwork that I think you were kind of referencing for the two Js. Without this season and all of the things that happened from Game One to Game. 90 however many playoff games they played right like it was an incredible ride a season that forever will be remembered as so close and yet now even just a few years removed we're speaking so fondly of these great moments and truly truly celtic strong overcoming of adversity and our first, first look at Jason Tatum and our first look at the two Jays on the court together and in the playoffs. How exciting to see these guys. I just remember saying just over and over about Tatum. He's 19. He's 19. <laughs> I know. He's he only was 19. Awesome. I mean, he was so great. This was his rookie year, and oh man, he was so exciting. And everything he did was was uh, such a. It was it was all supposed to be a, just a bonus, right? Like, oh, we got the third pick in the draft. Great. Like, he'll come off the bench. Awesome. Yeah. Everything he'll do is just gravy. And then he became such an integral integral part of the team so quickly. And his defense and his rebounding, and then his three point shot emerged. He just he kept growing before your eyes and like you're saying you're like oh my god he's 19 um, but the team as a whole they never stop fighting and nope. they 
they gave you everything they got. And it was a very inspired group of, of guys playing just some amazing basketball. Yeah. And if you think about those four guys, they kept on the roster going in, right? Not only those guys that core core players on the court, but really just uh, great, great, solid chemistry guys. Uh, and so it's really, really awesome to look back on this season and see how, in contrast to other seasons when, uh, you know, the team looked really good on paper uh, but had, you know, potentially other issues befall them, this team turning over so many spots never missed a step as a team. They stuck together. You got the sense that people really valued Horford's leadership. Uh, he just seemed to be that really trusted voice. And mm. he was, you know, he, his play backed it up every single night. Um, so, yeah, this was such a great, great fun season for the, the highs and the outcomes and the, you know, getting so, so close against LeBron and what could have been potential championship run also to see such a team that pulled together and overcame everything thrown at them what an amazing team this was yeah it was and it was yeah i just i can't say enough about it because it's just they didn't let the adversity define them you know they they defined themselves and they they kept handling everything thrown at them and just leaned on each other, and there was a real um, next man up philosophy, and and they just were um, very special. You know, this season and the hard injuries are what started the true uh, development and leaps forward the two Js have taken since. So we are thankful for this season and all the hard stuff we went through. Yeah, and you can't ask for much more of a season. You know, you want to give it your best. You want to try your best. And right from the jump, from the draft and the off season, I mean, Danny Ainge took a big swing, right? And it was like the organization was just like, we're going to take a chance. And you can't, that's all you can ask for, you know? And, it, you know, no one knew Hayward was going to get hurt. No one knew Kyrie was going to get hurt towards the end of the year. Sure. Um they really pushed all their chips in uh, the middle of the table there to to try to win one, and they almost did. They almost got well. They almost got to the to the finals. The Cinderella, you know, that wasn't supposed to be a Cinderella, and captured our hearts and our minds. This team really did capture Boston sports uh, in those runs and the scary Terry. Uh, you know, emergence and the two J's playoff amazingness and uh, will forever live on as the two J's continue to develop as uh, where we first, first knew, oh, wow, we've got something special brewing. Yeah, not supposed to be a Cinderella 17, 18 season. Yeah. Great. Well, I think we have really uh, dug in deep on this one, Steve, and uh, so much great stuff. A really, as we've said, just exciting season and also one filled with 
overcoming injuries and adversity, uh, just a literally horrific bone-chilling injury to start the season to uh, an incredible, incredible playoff run and nearly a spot in the finals. Yeah, this was a, a really fun season to look back at and a really in, inspiring mm. season to remember, for sure. Truly. So thanks again for joining us as two sports fans who are definitely not experts. We are definitely not experts. We are Celtic Strong. And a big thank you to CelticStrong.com, the number one Celtics fan forum on the internet. Get on there. Get on the chats, chop it up, of course, respectfully, and join Boston Celtics fans in celebrating this special, special, historic franchise. This has been episode four, the 2017-2018 season of the Boston Celtics.